Good afternoon, and welcome to Noon Edition. I'm News Director Will Murphy, sitting in this afternoon for Herald Times Editor Bob Salzberg. We have three folks in the studio this afternoon. Mary Catherine Carmichael is by my side, as always. I'm grateful for that. Hi, Will. Howdy. And we have two guests for the program today. We have Lynn Schwartzberg, who is... uh, I always wonder how to describe Lynn. She's kind of like Mary Catherine, that is to say. I went for multitasking goddess extraordinaire. I <laughs> thought that might have been a little bit over the top. That's I don't know. I, I thought it worked. But. You're one of those people, both of you are, are the kind of folks that do everything but don't have an official portfolio. It's like you can have people killed just for the word, <laughs> but, but you don't have an official affiliation. Anyway. Thanks, Lynn Schwartzberg is here. introduction. <laughs> <laughs> She, she wears many hats, and she's uh, the honorary chairperson for this conference that will come up in the co- course of our conversation today, I'm sure. Uh, also in the studio with us is Shelley Salee. She is the youth director at the YMCA here in Bloomington. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. And the overarching topic uh, that we'll be discussing will be uh, parenting with all the challenges and rewards and uh, pitfalls that that implies. If you'd like to join us for the conversation, please feel free, 855-0811. Outside the Bloomington area, you can call 877-285-9348. And if you'd like to offer a comment or question via email, the address is noon at indiana.edu. Before we start talking about this conference, um, Shelley, let's talk first of all about what you do at the Y and what your Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. description entails. Okay. I'm the youth director at the YMCA, and so I run most of the any youth and family programs. I run the camp, uh, anything that's not sports related. So um, that's that's it in a nutshell. So yeah, very good. Oh, is that all? Very brief. Yeah, yeah. But we run uh, preschool programs, childcare programs, camp programs. Uh, then we have a lot of programs for health and wellness for kids that we focus on for the families and for children. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's start off also with a sort of disclaimer. Three of the four people in this room. Have kids. But one of these things is not like the other. That's right. If we're gonna... <laughs> for, me, for me, parenting is a spectator sport. Okay. So I'll pretty much be silent, I'm pretty sure, for most of this hour. Um, but let's talk a little bit about parenting. For me, as a, again, as a spectator, parenting is different now than it was when I was growing up. I mean, my mom had Dr. Spock and she did her best, but there weren't mm-hmm. a lot of resources. Right. It was kind of fly by the seat of your pants, which it is still even now. But it seems like a very different kind of enterprise nowadays that folks go to conferences, they do all kinds of things, they have books, they have everything to help them. How is it different for you guys being a parent now than say it was for your folks? I don't use a leather strap, for example, yeah. on, my ch- on my children, and I, I find that differs from my own upbringing. <laughs> that explains a lot. I'm happy to say that was never part of mine. <laughs> I think parents now, um, they have so much information that's available to them, they're overwhelmed. And and I think it, the, so many of the parents that I work with, they care passionately about their children and they want to make the right decisions and they, and they want to get as much information for them that they can. But I think they, they're overwhelmed with how much uh, information is out there and then they're always also feeling like they're failures or they're feeling guilty that they haven't done enough or they have their child you know, too involved in activities or not enough involved activities, you know, what is the right thing? So I think... And what what might be right one year isn't right the next year. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a constantly changing goal. And when you work, you get paid. Right. And you get um, feedback from your coworkers and from your supervisor and from others in the Mm -hmm. community with whom you work. But when you're a parent, you know, nobody comes up and says, you know, you really handled that situation. (laughs) With the potato (laughs) chips beautifully. Way to go. Exactly. get that. Right, right. One of the things that's really changed is free play. We don't tend to encourage right. it as much anymore, which I take issue with and I really yeah. grew up with a lot of free play and riding bikes in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. My and mom's doing favorite things. thing was, I'm not your entertainment committee. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and I think there was a lot of wisdom in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think kids don't learn how to entertain they themselves don't. unless mm-hmm. they're staring at a machine, yeah. but don't right. get me started on that whole And thing. they're losing <laughs> such an incredible social opportunity on free play. The playground can just be incredible learning opportunities for kids where they're learning to give and take and share and take turns and see different levels 
levels that other people can play and how to associate with them. It's it's really an important, really critical thing for children, I think. And they don't have it. They're overstructured and they're very busy. And parents panic that they think if if we don't have all of these activities for them, they're going to be behind. They won't mm-hmm. get into college. They and we hear it a lot, so it's legitimate. I mean, I understand why the parents are concerned. I would think that's a big part of, of what you do. I mean, you're all about coming up with activities for kids to do. I am, and I'm all about giving them some time to play and just be kids because that is where they learn so much about themselves. And I'm speaking tomorrow on self-esteem, and that is a real critical time that kids can learn about who they are and how they fit into their community and how they feel about themselves. It's also a wonderful time for teachers and staff and counselors to really help those kids learn um, social skills that are going to be really critical in getting them uh, getting along in society for the rest of their lives. These are lifetime skills that they're learning just when they're playing. It's very you know, important. I remember when I became a, a new parent, the phrase a play date was – I'd never heard this. What's a play date? I mean, you know, to me that was go out the back door and right. look around until yeah. you find right. a kid your age. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know people actually oh, – They schedule them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, of course, if you live far away from one sure. of your children's best friends, you know, you, you make a play date now. But um, that was a whole new concept to me as a parent. And I wonder um, – if our neighborhood structures, um, they've changed a little bit. And I wonder if they that know. impacts this this concept of, of free play because, you know, you need somebody to do that with. It's more fun if you have a – the more the merrier and or, or – Maybe you learn more lessons that way. I don't know if it's always merrier. But, um, you know, if you don't live around other children, who do you play with? Exactly. Exactly. There's also safety issues that are being Mm -hmm. foisted upon us in Mm -hmm. our society that it's not safe for your children to ride their bikes without Mm -hmm. supervision Mm -hmm. or to Mm -hmm. walk down the street and meet their friends like we used to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, there's been a lot written and talked about that whole issue. And that one does concern me. And this is where the, the parents are frustrated because they, they care passionately. They want to find these opportunities for their kids, but they're scared. They mm-hmm. want to keep them safe, which is a real legitimate concern. So, do, you, do you think we're, we're considerably less safe now than we were during the baby boomer time or that we're more aware of the dangers that have lurked oh. forever? I think it's awareness myself. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I think we hear so much about it. Um, but, I, you know, I wouldn't know for sure. But that's my gut feeling. Yeah. And I wonder, uh, you know, I would get wander off from my mom at the grocery store all the mm-hmm. time, and I knew to go up to the front desk, and they'd call, uh, you know, you're, we have a little girl up here. It says her name is Mary Catherine. Please come get her. You right. know, and that was right. just – and right. I wasn't the only kid doing that. Right. That was just uh, – that was okay. But, you know, now you don't – you don't do that kind of thing, and if you, you know, that's just it's not okay. So I don't know. I mean, it just seems like um, maybe we we have let fear drive so many Absolutely. of our choices with Absolutely. our children. It seems a, a lot of my questions are going to be sort of devil's advocate or or, or sort of puzzled questions about being a parent. Um, and you and you point you started off talking about how your your parents. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a humorous aside or what this was, but using the leather strap, the, the question of discipline. Is very different now, it mm-hmm. seems to me, as an outside observer than it was once upon a time. Um, corporal punishment was a fact of life at school and that sort of thing when I was right. growing mm-hmm. up. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, now there's a lot of hesitancy, it seems, mm-hmm. on the part of adults and parents to take any responsibility. They don't want to uh, be seen as even remotely too strict with their kids. It will right. be construed as violence. Um, there's a, a I think a permissiveness, a self-indulgence or an an indulgence of kids. Am I way off base in this? I think there's a very big difference between violence and taking responsibility for your children's behavior and reshaping their behavior. I was raised in a family where there was no such thing as violence. The state that I grew up in had um, abolished corporal punishment in – I believe the late 1800s. So I never knew that to exist until I moved to Indiana and – I demanded a high level of responsibility and behavior from my daughter so that she could be anywhere at any time and I could know that she would behave well. And never once did I ever even feel the the emotional desire to commit a violent act on her. I obviously feel very strongly about this one, but I think our parents – as parents, we are here to protect our children, not to be the threat 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. what violence is. Mm-hmm. We are the threat. I, I am, I'm not a spanker. I've, mm-hmm. the, I, I, one time um, Dylan ran out in the street when he was really little and scared me. And it was an automatic response. And, you know, I gave him a whap. But um, that's the only that, – that was and, – and so I thought that was really telling, though, that that feeling was more about me than it was about <laughs> right. him and right. what he did. He scared right. me. Sure. And so that was automatic. But um, – I, I grew up where corporal punishment was used, um, you know, frequently, and yet I chose as a parent not to go that route. Now, part of it, I have to say, I can't take credit for, and I've said this to Will before, my child was kind of came out a, re- a reasonable human <laughs> being. And so, you know, but I have, I've, I've interacted with other people's children who, you know, the thought has crossed my mind, hmm. You know, somebody needs to get this kid's attention. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's not my, you know, certainly doing, parenting that child wouldn't be my responsibility. And if it were actually my child, I probably would take another choice. But I I, I guess I agree with Lynn. I just think if you have to resort to violence, you've really, you've already lost control. Completely. So so what's the discipline? I mean, what's the approach to discipline of kids? You find out what they want. You find out where they live uh, as far as, you know, what motivates them and then um, threaten that. Can you give me a for instance? Yeah, it's like um, if if you have a child who's into video games, and if you just say, um, you know, if this behavior doesn't stop, uh, your video games will. So you know, just find out what they like, what they care for about. For me, a lot mm-hmm. of times I see parents doing what I consider to be very poor parenting, hitting their children in public of all places. Grocery stores were one of the most famous ones when oh. Sarah was little because. They're, you know, you're trying to get your job done, and this kid is nothing but, to them, something keeping them from doing their job. And Sarah and I would go to the market, and it was an adventure. And she was a little bitty kid, but she could pick up something at the bottom and put it in the cart, and she could sit in the cart and arrange everything by food groups. We could look in the meat case and look at, like, tongues and hearts (laughs) and bones of things and pick things out and talk about where they came from on the animal. And we made it a learning experience, not to sound so Pollyanna, but we're spending the time together. Let's make it valuable Mm -hmm. instead of stay quiet, sit in your seat. While this kid is looking around and there's colorful things and everybody else is grabbing them Mm -hmm. except them and they have to sit behaving. And, of course, they misbehave and then you hit them. This is not a good solution. Engage your child in the activity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. From your vantage point, Shelley, Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of parents, I'm sure. What are sort of some of your pet peeves about the way uh, (laughs) folks deal with their kids? Um. I, th- I think one of the things that, that we see in, in our whole society, in our community, our parents are extremely busy. And most parents, we have both uh, parents working. And so when they do have that time with their kids, they want it to be the most quality time, the best time. Everything's going to be perfect and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so they try to avoid the conflict. They never really directly address whatever the conflict is. And that kind of drives me crazy because I really think kids need and crave boundaries. They need to understand that there are rules in this world and society. And, yes, some of them are stupid and they don't make any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we still have to follow some of these rules. And that's where a parent can really, really help a child understand, okay, let's talk about why this is this is not a good rule and that why you don't like it. But you know what? We still have to follow it. And parents can be wonderful by setting an example and following that rule themselves, which mm-hmm. would be really good, too. <laughs> but don't, you, don't you sometimes encounter parents who seem to be actually kind of afraid of their children? Yes. That, that yes. Really they don't want to cons- turn a day at an event into a bad day because they get into a conflict and the child, and the child hasn't been taught those boundaries. They haven't yeah. been taught to follow those rules. And um, they haven't been taught to speak assertively to people or to their parents without being demanding. They can't find that, you know, we want to teach our child to be assertive and express their needs and let us know what they want, but we don't want them to be demanding little brats that are embarrassing and and that you can't control. And that's where I think being involved as a parent, you you need to really work with your child. You also need to set an example 
for them and be a role model for them, how you behave in public, they're going to follow that and they're going to treat you the same way too. Yeah, and I think, you know, everybody has good days and bad days oh, and some days are just going to go better than others. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and uh, I often, I don't know, I guess I've observed um, people who when things start to get a little dicey, you know, get scared and, and just back away. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be willing to kind of mix it up a little bit right, and, right, and say, you know, right. No, this isn't going to go the way you'd like it to go. I think that's true. I think there's patterns. Um, I know when my daughter went through various phases, I can start with the terrible twos. People call it the terrible twos. And I think because your child has one bad day, if you put it in your head that this is going to be horrible for a long period of time, you're set up Mm -hmm. for the Mm -hmm. conflict Mm -hmm. every day. We have bad days, like you just said. Right. So just let it be a bad day and move on the next mm-hmm. day. And right. teens are the same way. People Absolutely. go, oh, you know, they say, oh, how old's your daughter? And at the time, I'd say, oh, she's 14. They go, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. I think, why? <laughs> yeah. She's the most wonderful, charming kid in the whole world. And I think we allow ourselves to fall into those traps mm-hmm. of saying, well, this year is going to be awful. I am braced and ready right, for battle. Right. And I, that's just not, it's not the way I went about it and, so you haven't had any of the sort of preconceived problems with kids in no, terms of times of their no. lives? but like Mary Catherine, she came out Perfect, all ready huh? to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's true because some people are just – my mom you know, had five children and she, and she swore up and down that each one of us was different from the sure. moment we came out. And Absolutely. that's just how we are. And so, you know, it's just – we like some people better than others or we get we have a more of a, a personality mesh with some people than others and that's going to be true with our children sure. too it's just it's just being part of being human mm-hmm. and so um you know you're 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 going to probably have an easier time with some than you are with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to remind our listeners that we're uh, visiting with Lynn Schwartzberg and Shelley Salee, and we're talking about the fine art of parenting. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, join us for the conversation, please feel free. The number in Bloomington is 855-0811. 877-285-9348 is the number outside of Bloomington. And the email address, if you'd like to drop us a line, is noon at indiana.edu. Now, the catalyst for this whole discussion, of course, is this conference that's coming up uh, tomorrow for the love of kids, which, Lynn, you're the honorary chair of, I understand. Um, And at first, when I I thought about this, when I think about parents now, I think, how much clue do you need? How how difficult can it be? You know, again, referencing my parents. My parents Mm -hmm. said it. It can't be that difficult. But Mm. then you look at the kind of things they're talking about, nutrition, obesity, the Internet, discipline. We had talked earlier before the show about communication. There are a whole raft of issues that really are on the table now that weren't once upon a time. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of those. What are the, the big ones for you? Well, let's see. Uh, I guess the Internet is kind of a Mm -hmm. big one um, at my household just because that was something that I don't have any experience um, as far as like you you take some of your parenting from your parents and how they handled things. And this wasn't an issue that had to be dealt with um, for baby boomers. And so um, this is an interesting one. And um, we do a lot of talking and um, discussion about, um, you know, not everybody's motives are are pure. So we have to be really careful when we're online not to get um, tricked into going to the wrong kind of sites and, you know, just stuff like that where you want them to – there's a lot of balancing act, um, and this is an example. Um, the Internet situation is one example, but there are many, um, of wanting them to have freedom but uh, trying to temper that with keeping it safe right, at the right. same time and, and setting appropriate boundaries. And and what those are is um, kind of puzzling a mm-hmm, lot of times because mm-hmm. you just don't – you don't always know. You kind of make it up as you go on, on something like that. Right. And as a parent, I think – I think what's on the internet, we just we just don't. Well, first of all, we don't have time to spend surfing mm-hmm. the net to find out all of that information, and we're clearly not as good at it as, right. as the kids are. <laughs> I'm not. I right. have to go to my son all the time, and mm-hmm. and he has to help me out. But as parents, I think um, that's really frightening, and I also think we've kind of closed the door and try to pretend like it's not there because it's so confusing and it's so new. But there's a lot of really frightening stuff going on out there, and and one of the topics, and I think they're going to talk about it tomorrow, I can't remember, but um, is the whole MySpace and and um, 
that has been a real learning experience for me. It kind of blew me away when I started. Um, I, I look at that and, and some other sites for all of the people that I hire. That's the first place I will go. And it's it's one of the most best background checks I've had so far. It's, oh, my gosh. It's, hmm. I've um, heard that that goes on. I'm, cur- I'm so amazed it does. It's really, really eye-opening. And um, parents need to check that out. And and honestly, I've I've talked to a few parents of, about what I saw on there because it really gave me a lot of information. And I have young children that these people are going to be working with, so I need to know how they're behaving. And the young children are just as savvy on the computer as the older kids, so they're going to be finding their counselor on the Internet. So I need to make sure that it, it's oh, yeah. appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's interesting. It's interesting what you find. Now, we have a caller on the line, but, Lynn, let's hear what, what you have to oh, say about your, your – For me, I think the biggest thing that we can take from the conference and as parents is a communication. And I think it falls into the categories that we're going to have some discussions on tomorrow uh, about talking to kids about sex, talking to kids about drugs and alcohol and other at-risk behaviors. Um, the most important thing is to never allow the wall to be built that divides you from your kids mm-hmm. so that you keep that open channel of sharing and that way you can t- bring up those subjects without it being one of those you know, television-worthy scenes in the room and we're going to have this talk. It can just become part of your dialogue with your child and it can be comfortable for both of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go to the phones now and talk with Jim. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you? Fine, thank you. Hey, Mary Catherine, uh, I was the 12th of 14 kids, and the first 10 were uh, girls. Oh, my God. And then the first first boy was born on Mom's birthday, Mom and Dad's wedding anniversary date, and they named him Grover Cleveland Garrison, Jr., and you could not compete with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you're right. And Dad's uh, way of uh, disciplining was... All day long, Mom told you what to do, and finally she says, I'm going to have to tell your dad. And that meant the belt came off, mm-hmm. and I was a lot older before I found out that the first stripe was for disobeying, and all the rest of them were for uh, fitting the woman he loved. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Yep. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. A reminder that if you'd uh, like to join the program, you can give us a call at 855 877-285-9348 or online. You can drop us a note at noon at indiana.edu. Here's an email that came in. It says, uh, do you think that parenting has become more of a challenge for the many families in today's society that have avoided church membership, which offered role models and many activities for children in past generations? I think, you know, the, the church certainly provides a sense of community um, that I think our society is looking for. I really do. And I think you can find that in in different ways. Um, But I do think kids are are feeling a real need to be a part of a community and a part of a group. And I think families are feeling the same way. I think moms, they want to get together with people that are similar to them and they want to find a place to do that. And they can find that at church. They can find that at other places. They can find that at the YMCA, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and, and I, I do think we need that sense of community. I think everybody's searching for that. It makes you feel more comfortable. Lynn? Um, I agree with finding sense of community, and you can find that in so many places, like the YMCA, <laughs> for example. But I think in terms of what you want your child to learn from that experience, it needs to start really young, and it needs to be every day in, in your home, more, more importantly for me, than getting some outside source to provide whatever grounding you're looking for for your kid. Mm-hmm. Seems to me, and again, I'm speaking as a, <laughs> as a passive observer to the parenting experience, but it does seem like there is a change in society where folks are perhaps not uh, members of the Elks or the Masons or uh, the Mm -hmm. Bridge Club. I mean, there was that book a few years ago, Bowling Alone, where the whole premise was that America is isolating itself. Individuals want to get away from people. They sit in their home. They watch their DVD or whatever it happens to be. And there's not that sort of sense of communication. Is that a a source of concern for somebody who's raising a kid that you've got this envelope going Mm -hmm. on and they're not interacting with anybody? Right. I, I, I think so. I, I, I have an interesting story. My, uh, one of my sons and I were walking uh, in the evening and it was dark. All the lights on, are on in the homes and you can see what's going on. And what was going on was that everybody was in a different room in the house. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody was together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I do think that's a real source of concern. People need to spend more time together. As a family, they need to spend more time in their community. And I think people are really worried about that. Lynn? Are there ways that a parent can sort of foster that? Have specific family activities. Mm-hmm. As a child growing up, one of the most fun things we talk about as adult children now is our we had days out. And on Sunday, my dad took us out and we had mystery rides. We had the most mm-hmm. lunatic fun. adventures that people looked at at that time and even myself. And you thought, oh, my gosh, I come from the craziest family. We sat in the airport all day looking at planes. <laughs> um, but we did. We'd ride the subways to every borough. And it was across my dad a quarter a kid and you got a treat somewhere along the way and we were out of the house all day and we were playing together mm-hmm. and we were sharing time and we were building bonds. And it's true. Families do not do things together. Mm-hmm. And that was something I took parenting from my parents to my home like Mary Catherine had said mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Apply, tried to apply that at home and did ridiculous silly things and go to the state parks <laughs> in the middle of the snowstorms mm-hmm. and – you have great fields mm-hmm. to play in and make angels and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just simple things. There's so yeah. much when when you're you're both working and you finally get home and the kids are there and you still have to clean the house, you have to do the dishes, you have to get ready for dinner. Include the kids in that mm-hmm. activity. Make sure that they're around. And yes, they will complain because they rather go watch TV and play right. Nintendo. But the more you expect of them and the more you respect them and show them how much they're a part of that family and that they contribute to that family, they're going to feel a whole lot better about it. And they're going to get more. They may tell you they're not getting anything from doing the dishes. They probably won't mm-hmm. say that. But um, but you're still spending that really quality family time together and you're still getting those essential things done and you're teaching them all these lessons about this is the real world. You still have right. to get all these things done. When my child complains about helping with the dishes, mm-hmm. I always offer him up the option of cleaning the toilets and, and suddenly <laughs> the, dishes, the dishes look Sound a lot better. better. Huh? You know, going back just a little bit, mm-hmm. another thing, you know, we've built these great big houses uh-huh. and everybody can go to their separate corners. Right. And so um, one of the things that... I, we did on a, in a very conscious way was um, not b- buy a house that was so big that you could disappear and and not be found. And so we have you know one family room that people kind of you have to gather right. there because there aren't right. that many other places you can go in your bedroom. But mm-hmm. you know we don't have everybody doesn't have a television and a computer and and you know every thing like that in their bedroom. Therefore, you're kind of forced to interact with the other people in your own home. And that was a really conscious choice that I'm glad we made and, yeah. and are going to stick with because right. – and we get lobbied for the TV in the bedroom mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. the computer in the bedroom and all that stuff. And um, it's not going to happen. Okay. And what a great way to find out about your kids' friends when you invite them over because they're close. They're not mm-hmm. hidden. And you really get to know what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Right. We have a couple of callers on the line. We do have to take a break here in just a little bit. But let's try to get to these phone calls before we do. And uh, first up is Daniel. Daniel? Hello. Hi. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was. Uh, I have a comment about earlier on in the show you were talking about all the dangers that, that children face and that we as parents try to protect them from. And it's my theory that the dangers aren't any more prevalent today than they ever were. It's just that we have so much more instant access to news mm-hmm. and you know the media has hyped all of this and they use scare tactics mm-hmm. to try to pass laws to you know make well for instance all the uh, child predator laws I for one don't think that that's been happening any more frequently lately than it ever did and you know, the thing is, you can pass all the laws in the, in the world, and it's not going to change the fact that that does happen and that does exist. Um, Although it does give you a tool to use as a law enforcement official if there's a problem down the road. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think that it's ever been condoned. I mean, you know, by the general populace. And so passing a law isn't going isn't to make a, a person who's going to do something like that any less likely to do it. Um, you know, what amazes me is the amount of fear that our society is running under these days. You hear it, you know, you mm-hmm. turn on television mm-hmm. and and you're inundated with things that just would scare the living hell out of you. You know, it makes you want to just lock yourself up and, and keep your children on a short leash. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I think that the best thing to do is to educate your children, right. to talk to them about it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and tell them what the dangers are out there and that there are people out there like that rather than, you know, pretending that we live in a, in a world where everything is, you know, roses and wonderful because right. it isn't right. and right. It, it never has been. Right. I think that, you know, when I was growing up, there were a lot of things that you didn't talk to your children about, sex and death and, you know, all of these different issues that I think that children need to know about it. And, and it needs to be talked about in a way that doesn't scare them. Just put it out there as these are the facts. This is what happens. Um, I remember when one of my children was about five years old, he was asking me about death one day, and we happened to be in the supermarket, and I told him, well, yeah, you know, all things die, all people die, and and I got the most horrified looks from some of the other shoppers that were there, um, but it's normal. Yeah. You know? right. All right, Daniel, appreciate the comments. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he, he raises a good point that you can't sort of skate if your kid... It's every parent's nightmare or worst fear, perhaps, that your your kid's going to come up and ask you the killer question. But I think it it gets back to what Lynn was saying. Have that as part of your ongoing dialogue that right. you guys talk mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. stuff. And sometimes unpleasant things come mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. We have one more caller on the line. We'll get to that and then take a break. Bill is on the line. Hello? Hi, go ahead. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for waiting. And uh, I appreciate you folks so much. Uh, I drive to Columbus to Bedford every Friday, and you, you folks kind of take me there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, this, I appreciate this subject, too. I know that uh, virtually everybody's got an opinion about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it covers so much, uh, the violence in the home and violence at school and violence everywhere. And I'm 64 years old, so that should speak volumes on, on the time I was raised mm -hmm. and how I was raised and so forth. And um, I'd like to make two comments, if I can articulate them right. Mm -hmm. um, the way I was raised, and that's always a preamble, right? The way I was raised. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a difference in my father's mind between hitting and spanking. And, and I was one of the people that was subject to spankings, but it was sort of like um, going to the firing squad. You, know, you have been sentenced. Mm -hmm. So, um, And we would get the speech about uh, why we're spanking and why we're going to um, be punished. And it was always preceded by, this is going to hurt me more than it is you. Right. But one of the things I heard a hundred times, if I heard it once from my father, was... Um, a man who hits a woman is less than a man, and a man who hits a child is less than human. And I kind of grew up with that that, that philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, What's your second point? The, the Not long ago, I was in a drugstore, and I witnessed a mother and an eight- or nine-year-old boy cussing each other out. And the remark was made earlier about uh, are we less disciplined? Are we less? Uh, do we have more? Uh, I can't remember now what you said, but I'm thinking that there is some lack of respect that's being transferred or taught, and I don't know why. But it just uh, and all we go on is experiences and what we observe uh, to make our comparison on how time was moving on. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, that's all. Um, anyway, again, I appreciate you folks, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, thanks very much, call. Bill. Appreciate the, the phone call. It brings up uh, several good points. I want to come back to them, take a break. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info 
WFIU is a media sponsor for WTIU's Parenting Conference. For the Love of Kids Practical Parenting offers educational and support sessions on a variety of topics for caregivers of all ages. Keynote speaker Madeline Swift will address building character and integrity. The conference takes place at the Bloomington Convention Center Saturday, November 18th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. More information at wfiu.indiana.edu. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Will Murphy filling in for Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. Mary Catherine Carmichael in the studio as well. And we have two guests for Noon Edition today, Lynn Schwartzberg, who's the uh, honorary conference chair of this conference uh, in Bloomington tomorrow called For the Love of Kids, Positive Practical Parenting. And we have to absolutely remember to talk a little bit more about that before we get out of here today. Uh, Also in the studio uh, this afternoon is Shelley Salee, the uh, youth director at the local YMCA. Before the break, we were uh, talking with Bill, uh, addressing the whole question of violence in the culture. I mean, and before that, we had Daniel talking about fear. Um, and Bill was also speaking of respect. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You do see, you see manifestations of lack of respect just about everywhere. Yes. And, and the temptation is to blame it on kids. But a lot of times when I see those kids, I think those aren't the ones that I should be blaming. Respect is like everything else. You have to you teach your children. You teach them to respect you. You, you know, they're going to – it's their job to push boundaries. It's their job Absolutely. to try things out. Absolutely. And if you don't nip that in the bud and every other time it comes up, then you're teaching them it's okay not to treat you with respect. And, again, you have to model that. You have to be respectful to your children right. and to other people so that your children know how to do that and, mm-hmm. and see that as appropriate behavior versus, you know, the swearing and the hitting and, and, and becoming violent. Mm-hmm. Is it true, uh, he asks as an amateur here, um, you, ha- you hope for that interaction with your kids. You hope that will be the lesson. But everything else they see in the culture seems to argue against that or almost everything. Right. Um, is one parent enough to, or two parents enough to counterbalance that entire you know, cultural influence? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe too. if a child feels really secure and knows that they can come home to a safe, secure environment where they, are, they can ask the questions, they can be open, mm-hmm. they're not going to feel ridiculed for what they're asking, then they're going to feel a lot more confident and a lot safer to go out into that world because the world is scary. And you can use those, um, for example, if it's a television show where you see mm-hmm. the children behaving disrespectfully to their parents, you can use that as a learning opportunity and start asking questions Absolutely. about that and mm-hmm. say, well, gosh, what do you think about that? That kid's got kind of a saucy mouth, don't you think? And, and or, or what do you think? And I think, that's, I think that is so true. It is impossible for a parent this day to, to isolate their child and protect them from everything. And I see that more and mm-hmm. more and more. Parents don't want to let them see what's on TV. They don't want to let them see what's out there. I totally understand why. There's a lot of trash going on out there. However, the child is not learning how to respond to it right. if they're completely isolated. So it's really important that the parent let them have some of those experiences, keep that dialogue open. The communication is so important so that they can learn, well, what do we feel like about this in my family? What, mm-hmm. you know, what is appropriate? Right. You have to begin with the end in mind. And, and yeah. the, the end in, in my choice on this was I'm preparing this person to live out in the world. Right. On and, their own, and independently. Right. And, mm-hmm. and just as you say, they're going to encounter all kinds of things. And it's my job to set up a framework mm-hmm. for how those things are mm-hmm. interpreted um, both now and in the future. Right. But right. don't you think we also have the right as parents to somewhat control oh, sure. oh, what absolutely. our children oh, absolutely. see? For example, the we have a, from right. what I understand, the proliferation of video games is about killing and violence mm-hmm. and abuse of women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all kinds of charming things. Um, it's our. It's. I think it's our right and responsibility oh, yeah. as parents sure. to and say. And I think we need to say why this, this is, is not wrong. appropriate. Right. Right. And talk. Yeah. About and it's. It. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you know they're they're pretty quick on the uptake when we look for mm-hmm. video games now. He brings it to me and says, "Here's what's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rated mm-hmm. this. You know, he's already got it all figured <laughs> yeah. out because he knows what the boundaries are." We did are. the same right. thing with the little thing on the CDs. You know. Yeah. Says, right. just, but this is the language I've heard it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> It seems like the, the note I'm hearing again and again is involvement in kids. That is to say, I grew up, and maybe you had this experience too, Mary Catherine. They call it free play now, but in my day mm-hmm. it was 
go do it and get yeah, out of my go, hair. Go, 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 go play outside. outside. Go outside and play. Yeah. And outside is a very important thing. Yeah. Yes. Kids don't play outside no, anymore. Don't. Right. Unless it's at an official team activity. Mm-hmm. It's so in scary. Fact, we may be doing a program uh, on Noon Edition in the near future called uh, No Child Left Inside. Oh, about there's the value. a great book out about yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So right. we may be doing that down the road. Um, but but you see these uh, – if you're a parent and the reality these days is that likely both parents have a job. Right. Um, the kids are away at school for eight hours a day. Um, where does that involvement come in? How do you do that? Um, well, you can be involved throughout the school day in in different – I mean not one-on-one live and in person I think for a lot of people. But um, certainly the minute you're back together, you just jump in and, you know, how was your day? You start a dialogue exactly. and then, exactly. you know, you get in the backpack and find out what's in there and yes, find out what's yes, going on. Yeah. And, and um, as, as you said, get their friends over to your house mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. get to know their friends and don't just leave them isolated in the room together but, right. you know – be come in and out and you know mm-hmm. be within mm-hmm. listening distance mm-hmm. and you know just kind of common sense things like that do you guys get involved in the school districts uh, that your kids oh, are yeah. in oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so what do you do i wouldn't miss an event oh, oh, first no. of all my son is so busy <laughs> but i'm we're at everything everything that he does uh and you know, he's in high school. He acts like he could care less if we're there. But I also know he really appreciates mm-hmm. us being there. And I also know all of his friends, what they do. Now I get to know the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's hard work. It's not easy. And when I get home from work, it's tiring to go back out. But we do do it. And it, and it makes us closer as a family. And I think I think parents need to do that, and they need to make choices. How how much are we going to do this? How busy do we want to be? How much do we want to stay at home, and and make those decisions? And as a family too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a caller on the line. Let's go to Ron. Ron. Hello. Hi. Go ahead. Um, I much is uh, pointed towards mothers in the uh, parenting uh, arena. I'm wondering uh, what the panel has to say about how do you invite fathers into the uh, into parenting and uh, get them in you know interested and more involved with their children. That's a really yeah, good a point, good Ron. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. I love our listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what's the verdict? What's the? I love to have fathers involved, and we uh, in my programs we really really encourage it. We try to get both. Uh, parents involved, and and if we can get a father there, it is tremendous, and it's really cool to see how the kids interact mm-hmm. and how important that is to them. They they crave it; they really want it. There's an element that men bring to the equation oh, that is just you can be the best mother in the world, but you're not a father, mm-hmm. and um, there it just it is what it is. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm how to explain it, but I, I don't think you can overestimate the value of a, a really good, involved right. father. And I, th- I think if a father is hesitant, you know, and they and they don't know what to do, I'm not exactly sure if that was the direction the caller was going, yeah. but um, there's a lot of resources out there, especially in this community. I mean, there is really a lot for them Give to find example. out. Um, I, you know, there are just different programs and different, um, gosh, off the top of my head, I can't think <laughs> of anything, but... Um, of getting together with other mm-hmm. men and other groups so that they can be involved with their kids. I know um, that Parks and Rec the, offers some programs that are specifically targeted mm-hmm. to um, mothers and sons or fathers and daughters right. or fathers and right. sons. And so, you know, kind of There's keep, a lot of programs like uh-huh. that, yeah. yeah. I think it's important to do it when you're oh. young right. and have special times with dad that are dad times mm-hmm. and you have your mm-hmm. own little connections and stuff mom wasn't in on it's things right. you do i mean my dad took us hiking and canoeing and riding the subways and yeah. crazy mm-hmm. things but they were they were dad things they were exclusive and somehow they were really special even though they might have been completely mundane because they didn't include mom mm-hmm. and she didn't mm-hmm. pack the snack and she didn't mm-hmm. we ate bad things at Rutz Hut and you know you did, <laughs> you did the bad things you know <laughs> whatever you build that connection so dad with should the be kids. a corrupting influence oh totally no <laughs> <laughs> but he should build his own connections with his kids i think it's less important what you do right i mean it, than I just agree. you're do not it. doing it's, anything and yeah. you'll figure something out along the way even if it's just as simple as going for a walk i mean oh, yeah. it's just that's an opportunity it's to 
just talk. time together. Yeah, and time mm-hmm. together. And like you said, they crave it and mm-hmm. soak it up. And really, I, I, just to the caller, I'd take the pressure off myself if, if this is a concern you have and just do something. It doesn't really matter what. Just do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Ron. Thanks Thank very much for the call. I think we have an email, do we not? Oh, gosh, we do. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. Okay, here we go. Uh, It says, you spoke earlier about overscheduling of children today. I think this is true, but it is also true that we over-reward children. Oh, yes. I think of the local newspaper page on youth sports seeing five-year-olds with trophies and ribbons having won the championship. (laughs) Kids' sports need not have all-star games, tournaments, etc. Should we wonder that teenagers lose self-esteem if they were champions as children and then Mm -hmm. fail to make the high school team? That's a good point. Um, Thanks for an important discussion. There's an awful lot to say on this topic from Mm -hmm. a retired teacher, mother, and grandmother. Well, thank you for writing. That is such a pet peeve of mine, and I agree so much. There's a wonderful book out called Punished by Rewards, Uh and uh, it really cites a lot of research on this, and it's fascinating, and it's it's really something that we need to, you know, take very seriously. Yeah, I wonder about, um, you know, children's expectations become so high when they're given so much at an early age, and then, you know, our job is to get them ready, or my opinion of our job Mm -hmm. is to get them ready to, to live out in the world on their own. And so, you know, um, even with a college degree, right. you, you don't enter, get out of college ready to buy a house right, and a car right, right. and, you know, the other things that you need. You have to kind of work up to those things. And I, so I worry about the expectations and, and how those do right. relate back to self-satisfaction and self-esteem. Exactly. We're taking away opportunities for these mm-hmm. children to learn to to look at themselves inside and 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 develop intrinsic motivation we're taking that away from them it's always on the outside it's always whatever somebody else thinks about me are they going to praise me if i do this right am i going to get, get a reward, reward. Yeah. am i going to get a jolly rancher right. am i you know if i answer the question right mm-hmm. and we've we've got to stop doing that and teach them the benefit and the joy of com- accomplishing something on their own or answering a question on their own, they don't need food for that. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that you can do that as a family and be really constructive mm-hmm. is by teaching your child through volunteerism. Right. Um, I know some families in particular that have taken that to a very, very serious level that they choose what they're going to do and they serve Thanksgiving dinner at the food at the right. community kitchen. They do something, and it has to be a family participation. It's not just writing a check. It's teaching mm-hmm. your child how to get internal rewards through participating giving, in the larger community giving and giving. Is the way and to I do think it. that a lot of times as families, we neglect that mm-hmm. little area that's very near and dear mm-hmm. to my heart. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. can we talk a little bit about? Uh, we've got about six minutes, seven minutes left. A little bit about the stages of parenting. I mean, you, you were referencing the terrible twos and the teenage years and how in your household that's kind of an illusion that, that people buy into that. But there is a sort of stage. Uh, at what point do you uh, transition from having the kid in, in your house and you're watching out for him? There's this whole phenomenon they talk about now, helicopter parents right. at universities. Right. Where right. They come yes. here, they, yeah. And they, they, their little kid needs a house to live in, so they buy a house right. and they right. fill out the university application. They get them a car. Right. What's the transition from saying so long you're on your own? How do you handle that? I think you have to do it in stages Mm -hmm. throughout their lives. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing to do is to know how much freedom to give your kids at earlier years so that they can and they you know they learn responsibility so well. And it's going to be different for every child. Of course. And you have to judge it based on your kids' quality of behavior, but you have to allow them to take those small risks on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the minute Sarah goes somewhere still, she drives back to college, she calls me the minute she gets home. Okay. It's, but I did it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. long before cell phones or anything. Right. You learn to teach how responsibility works and how freedom works. Okay. And that way, your kids are ready to be in, um, kind of emboldened or right. empowered right. But safe. to be independent and yeah. safe. And to problem solve. Help yeah. them take through yeah. that. Uh-huh. Walk through those steps with them. And and if they make the wrong choice, let them suffer the consequences, uh, depending on safety and, I mean, of those things. But they need to be able to suffer those consequences, find out how to do it differently. They learn so much and still understand that they're still a decent human being and you still respect them and you still love them and give them the support. 
But kids do have to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think it's okay and to say, that's not my job. Right. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Right. Uh, I want to ask one last question before mm-hmm. we talk about this conference tomorrow, and that is simply to ask all three of you. We, we started off asking what's the most important thing uh, that you face being a parent. What's the most difficult thing that you've encountered being a parent? Boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> None of them are good enough or – It's just really challenging to not judge your child's choices huh. mm. and to keep – to know when to keep your mouth shut yeah. and how to be supportive. That's been the biggest challenge for me in all honesty. Okay. I'm still thinking. I, gosh, I am too. That's hard. I think being a parent is the most difficult thing I've ever it done. It's also the most rewarding. I, I mean I've learned more about myself than anything. You know, I, I I always second guess myself. Did we make the right decision? Was this the best choice for him? Is he overscheduled? Is he underscheduled? Mm-hmm. Are we being? I just you know we just question ourselves all the time. Um, is he going to be successful? You know, you just you just how do we define success? Yes, is she happy? That is the biggest thing to me. Yeah, there's it's. It's tough. It's tough. Just that anxiety. Yeah. Of, mm. I hope it's the best. Yeah, there is always it. this low-level anxiety. <laughs> you know, it, even if you feel pretty secure in your choices, exactly. um, um, you're still kind of, hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about this conference tomorrow. I mean, again, mm-hmm. that was the catalyst for this sure. uh, program today for the love of kids. Uh, what got you involved in this, Lynn, and what are you hoping to get out of this? I think I initially became involved because if anybody knows me for five minutes— they know that my daughter is what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. You know, my parenting role has been so important to me. Her place in my world is right up there. Um, so I think that's how I got involved. And I love the issues we're talking about. We're talking about things that parents of young kids and teens, mm-hmm. there's so many great teen issues, how to manage finances when they get that part-time job, mm-hmm. how to talk about sex, mm-hmm. how to talk about drug and alcohol use, which we could have had a whole other show on about how oh, out of control yeah. that is. Oh, yeah. And these are these are great issues that there's actually a forum that we cannot feel like, oh, my gosh, how do I deal with this? Now, we've got one minute left. The time has just flown by for this Uh-oh. hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the, what's the vital information in terms of where, when, and that sort of thing? And who 9 a.m. tomorrow morning mm-hmm. at the convention center in Bloomington. Uh, there is a keynote address from a wonderful, wonderful speaker, Madeline Swift. And then there are several breakout sessions in two different groups. So you can pick two different places to go and you can really tailor the day to your child's needs, your needs as a parent. Mm-hmm. There's a resource fair that has incredible um, booths from different resources in the community that will have information. Is child care available? There is no child care available. There is a nursing room. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be giving, uh, Shelly, you're going to be giving a, a presentation as well right. as breakout sessions breakout on self-esteem? Session on self-esteem, that's okay. right. Okay, mm-hmm. great. And what if someone I feel wants good about that. <laughs> <laughs> what if somebody wants to get more information? Is they can go to WTIU. Okay. Dot indiana.edu, I believe. They're the sponsors the of this. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. They're okay. the sponsor. We are going to have to leave it there. I'd like to thank uh, both of our guests, Lynn Schwartzberg and uh, Shelley Salee. Uh, we hope Bob Zaltzberg is back next mm-hmm. week. Actually, next week we'll have a pre-recorded program because of the Thanksgiving right. Day holiday. We'll be talking mm-hmm. about philanthropy with folks from the chamber and uh, from the local foundation and from United Way. For Bob Zaltzberg, Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Catherine Hageman, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Will Murphy. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. 